Every company has breakdowns in their revenue process. Sure thing deals slip into next quarter, competitors creep in and swipe deals away at the last minute, and deals getting single threaded that don't get to power. These are just a few examples of revenue leak, but there are a ton more, and they're preventing your team from reaching their sales targets. That's why I'm such a big fan of Clary's revenue platform. It's the only tool that actually helps leaders take control of their revenue and thrive through any market conditions, especially when things get tough. You can't afford to miss a single detail, but you also can't be leading by gut. Clary combines the science and the art of sales and sales leadership. So go to Clary.com if you want to answer the most important question in your business. Are you going to meet, beat, or miss on revenue? Welcome to the Live Better, Sell Better podcast with your host, Kevin Dorsey of Inside Sales Excellence, the number one Patreon group and YouTube channel for tech sellers and tech sales leaders, where we dive in deep for tactical advice on how to book more meetings, close more deals faster, and lead sales teams to success. But we don't stop there. We also focus on the person in salesperson. We talk about mindset, goals, time management, and so much more. So thank you for listening. And if you're interested, head on over to patreon.com slash inside sales excellence. Now with that, grab a notepad, get ready, and let's dive into the good stuff. I can't remember if it was a post that triggered it or you wrote something. I'm like, I need her on the show. We're talking about mental health and I'm pumped for this. And so I, I'm going to start here. It's like, why is this so important to you? Right. To one, obviously you're writing about it, but you're spending your nights, your weekends learning how to address this as well. So talk to me a little bit like why this is so important to you as a topic. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, for the last four years, I've been spending nights and weekends on this. So, so obviously I'm pretty invested. Um, but I think, you know, personally, I used to be one of those people that would say something like, you know, I'm a logical person, not an emotional person, which I've said before meant to me, like, I'm better than you if you're struggling. <laughs> like, I think I, it was always a sense of pride for me that I could just sort of white knuckle my way through anything. Um, and that eventually caught up with me. And I really struggled being someone who puts my work ethic and just, you know, my ability to really persevere. That's like one of the things I like most about myself. And so if I were struggling mentally, it would really, I I would feel very weak. Um, And eventually I just burned out really hard and therapy really helped me. And so I said, Hey, I want to be close to this, regardless of what I end up doing in my career. I really want to be not only educated and I want to go through this process of getting to be a licensed therapist. Um, I want to do that for my own growth, but also um, I want to be close to that work my whole life because I think it's important for me. And I know so many other people in sales, especially um, who were very similar to me, who are really hard workers who thought that, Oh, if I'm struggling, it's my problem that I need to fix, um, which we can go into that. I'd love to talk oh, about well. that. Um So just, you know, my own need, first and foremost, really. Um, But second, just a desire to be close to this work and to to spread it as much Mm -hmm. as I can. 
And you, I mean, there's so much we can unpack even just from that first answer there yeah. right? around burnout, this white knuckle type mindset of like, I just have to go through it because so often in sales, right? We tell people they need to be gritty. Mm-hmm. Got to be gritty to be in sales. But then in a lot of ways, what we're telling people is that literally to grit is like to hold on to for longer than you should or to hold on to through hard times. So let's first talk about the idea around burnout. Because I think this is a topic that, again, is getting brought up more and more. But let's flip it from kind of what it is to what are some things that you have learned or seen to help prevent burnout and recover from burnout? Because there's the two sides of it. It's like, how do we prevent it from happening? But then we all get to that place. What do we do when we get there? Yeah, I think for, you know, I can use my own example and speak from my own experience and then I can talk more generally But I think something that I always really struggled with was, you know, I would say a lot to my own therapist, you know, my work ethic is really important to me. Like if I, because I used to think that recovering from burnout and taking care of my mental health meant that I shouldn't work as hard or that I shouldn't want to be the best at what I do and I shouldn't strive for greatness. And so I would think that if I were to quote unquote recover from my burnout or take care of my mental health, it meant that I couldn't still like those things about myself and that I would have to just sort of, you know, settle for being mediocre, you know, whatever I would tell myself. And so I think it really comes down to understanding what's important to you. Um, I think burnout a lot of times comes not necessarily from working too hard, but from putting yourself in a situation where you're working really hard at things that aren't important to you and you don't find meaning in those things anymore. So I think getting really honest about what's important to you and letting the other things kind of go, prioritizing what's important and letting those other things go has been really helpful for me in understanding, like if I only have this amount of energy, where am I going to put that and how am I going to accept that I'm not going to be able to give 100% to every single thing. Mm-hmm. And so how, how do you help separate that in sales, right? Because what's important to a lot of us in sales is hitting the number. That is important to me because that's going to pay my livelihood. It's going to pay my bills. It allows me to live. Right. So do you have, I guess, recommendations on how to separate from that? Because also too, like I talk about this a lot with my own teams is like the, like money is not a motivator for most people. Money is not important to most people, but what money provides is important yes. to a lot of people. So how do you recommend disconnecting? Because I worry some people would listen and go like, all right, so you're telling me to not care about hitting my number? Yeah. Like, yeah. So break that one down for me a little bit. Yeah, I was I was that person. So I can totally speak to that, you know, and I think, you know, I, I would feel a little bit like a liar if I didn't just say like, you know, I think I think I'm still figuring this out. Right. I think there's still times in my role now where I experience burnout. Um, one of the things that has changed fundamentally in me is the belief in what I need to do when I'm approaching burnout. Right. Mm-hmm. So I used to think that when I was approaching burnout, what I needed to do is just double down and just run into the fire harder. And now I fundamentally believe that, you know, hey, if I've already worked 10 hours today and my impulse is to work for more, what I really need to do is go to spin class, call a friend and go to bed at 830, you know, and mm-hmm. instead of staying up until 11 and, and working. And I think that for me, it's taken me a couple of times of going way past my threshold with burnout to realize that running myself into the ground is not actually going to make me more effective. So it's really about 
believing and knowing what recharges your batteries. So that that's kind of the first thing. Um, with, with hitting your number and all of that, like I get that too. I'm still in a revenue position and I'm responsible for, you know, revenue at our org and managing a sales team and all of that. So I, I get that I've been a, an SDR and an AE. So I, I totally understand that. One of the things that I always tell my reps is when you feel like you're, you're running really hard and you're trying to do a lot of output, right? There's a lot of um, emphasis in sales on activity, right? Make, a, make this many calls, do this many emails. Um, I think about, you know, when you, when you feel like you've pushed as hard as you can with output, think about input. Like, what are you reading? What are you listening to? Like, how are you getting new ideas? So you're not just like banging your head against a brick wall again and again and again. Like, how are you feeling excited? Because when you are prospecting, let's say on LinkedIn, for example, like if I were to have written posts and I was in the mindset of like, oh, I have to publish this content on LinkedIn and I was publishing it with no energy, you never would have contacted me to be on this podcast. But because when I was publishing on LinkedIn, like my energy, like I was excited. I wanted to share. I was really enjoying what I was doing. It attracts people who are interested. And that's the same when you're prospecting. So I think, you know, how are you getting input? Whether that's, you know, asking your manager for another call, whether that's asking a teammate to get their eyes on a new script or some emails that you're writing, asking for input, reading something new, listening to something new, seeking out new perspectives and new information it does recharge you and it's making you better at the same time. So that's something really actionable that I think sales reps could do more of mm-hmm. um, to get just some new fresh energy in the day. 